Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome in to another episode of the Primetime Titans. Woo, what a wonderful, amazing episode we have for you, boys and girls, today. Um, as you know, the Titans were successful in beating the number one team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. Um, what a wild and, and incredible game. We we talk about the greatness that is Derrick Henry, the Hall of Fame career that is unfolding before our very eyes, the the um, lack of humanness that is Derrick Henry, the alienness, the 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 godlikeness that Derrick Henry has about him. Uh, we get into that. We talk about the AJ Brown uh, flu game, uh, a nod to Michael Jordan there and uh, him gutting through uh, food poisoning to ball out for the Titans, and just the overall impact that this game is going to have on our season, on the overall AFC playoff race, um, and sort of our expectations moving forward. And um, yeah, just a wonderful day to be a primetime Titan. So without further ado, please welcome Little Nas X. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and time keeps dragging on The Primetime Titans podcast is presented to you today by Walker Financial Management. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of the Titans offense, but he would be the first to tell you that it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear a lot of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. That's www.walkerfm.com. All right, here we go. Uh, Bill's recap. Titans win 34-31. I'm JG. I'm Pettit. Robert. And I'm still amped. I mean, that game was awesome. Monday Night Football, primetime Titans showing up in primetime. We come out with the win. Massive win. I mean, great atmosphere. The, the Bills Mafia taking over Nashville was, a, was overrated, premature, did not happen. We showed out. I think it was a full-capacity, largest football game uh, Nissan's audience. ever had. Yeah, Nissan's ever had. So Thank you for the revenue, Bills fans. That's absolutely true. <laughs> the city needs it. Not really, but I mean. Don't, live, don't stay here. Just come and leave. Don't yes, live here. There we go. Um, I feel like it's kind of the same feeling that we had against the Seahawks where we're just amped, like just pumped the whole week. But even more so, because that was supposed to be the number one team, or that a lot of people say it is the number one team in the AFC. So yeah. huge win for us to go out. And that's the team we thought we were going to be to start the year. Yeah. Where's that team been, AJ? Maybe we need to have a bad 
burrito every day. Yeah. Every before every game. The poo game, as as people are calling it. Chipotle. Look out for any Chipotle in Nashville. <laughs> I wonder which uh here here's what one of the things I wanted to say about that. Why who's ordering a brisket burrito at Chipotle? I would try it. I would do it. Brisket at Chipotle. It's, it's new. It's new. Is it? Yeah, it's new. Well, I've never had brisket at Chipotle, and when as soon as I saw that, I thought I, you'd serve you right. If you're gonna get brisket at Chipotle and not get a chicken, I'm pretty sure chicken said, bowl. I'm pretty sure he said he's not bashing Chipotle. I'm pretty sure he was like, I'll, I'll probably be. He's like, yeah, he's like, sorry, Chipotle, you're probably not gonna endorse me now. Or maybe it could be like a reverse thing. You know, hey, we figured it out, and AJ ends up being a Chipotle guy. Mm. You know, yeah, who knows? But Those, all I know is I've had food poisoning before. Um, shout out, I'm pretty sure is the Wendy's on the Strip in Knoxville. And it is awful. Worst Ooh. customer service on the planet there. Well, that, yes, and the food poisoning. I mean, I, I barely could go to, I barely could move. So props to him. I guess the, I the had worst it. of it was Sunday and then still was carrying over to Monday. I so, had it as a little kid at Shogun. Shogun and oh, Cool no. Springs. That breaks my heart. Yeah. And have never been to, never been back. No, that you're. Come on, man! I it's, can't. I walk in and I get nauseous. Oh, <laughs> that breaks my heart. I love. So, for those of you who don't know, AJ Brown had food poisoning two days before from Chipotle. Yeah, and he and popped he, up on Sunday as questionable, and he lost eight pounds in forty-eight hours, oh and my. still had a his best game of the season. Yeah, I mean, he and ended on, up, and it, honestly, if he wasn't a step slow from the food poisoning and all that, he probably would have broke a few more. Yeah, I, think I so thought too. he. I I stood up when he caught that. He said One in the first half, the he's like, he said they were trying to ease him into it, and he's like, I feel awful. <laughs> really? Yeah. He was like, I do not feel good. He's like, I kind of just need to be out there the whole time, or just not be out there almost. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna get everyone's, you know. One to two minute recap, but I got a question before we do that. Since 2018, when Mike Vrabel took over as the head coach, since that time, the Titans have had 13 fourth quarter comebacks. Who in the NFL, what team since that time has had more? The Chiefs. No, no. I'm going with what team? What team? I don't know who I'm going with. I don't think it's the Chiefs. They have had a lot of comebacks, but I don't think they've been in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go with the He's pick Bills. One. Let's go with the Bills. It's a trick question. Titans. No one. The Titans have the most fourth quarter comebacks. Now, yes, it doesn't count overall comebacks. Chiefs might have more than that. But fourth quarter comebacks, like being down in the fourth quarter making that comeback. I mean, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill both have ice in their veins. Yeah. yeah. They both are very clutch. I Derrick mean, Henry. That, but almost like Derrick Henry's the steamroller that gets the engine going. But when Tannehill's playing his A game, he's the closer. Eight. Yeah, that yeah. fourth and two. Like, and when we when we get him a clean pocket, he can he can deliver. Yeah. So I don't want to get too far into this. I, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get our concerns out right now or not. But I, there was Tannehill did not have a good first half. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. So right. let's one go thing, ahead. And go ahead. One thing I do remember, I think it was was 2018 when we played the Colts, and it was like the first time we'd beaten them in a long time. And I remember specifically, it was one of those drives where it's like we basically have to get a first down to end the game. And Derrick Henry breaks like a 30-yard run. And I was just like, we've never had a player that just is like, oh, we need a first down and gets that first down. And Derrick Henry's done it every every game since then. And then it's whenever Derrick Henry's not, you feel like it's Tannehill doing it. This might be a good segue to get into... um, one of the most important segments that we've ever had as a podcast. 
and it is an appreciation segment for a Hall of Famer who we are getting to watch with our very own eyes. This is, this is the kind of player that I'm going to tell my grandkids about. When Twitter explodes because social media tears apart the fabric of our society and we have no more highlights, and I can only explain to my children about how there was once this, this godlike figure that walked <laughs> on the field and he looked at people and they, they fell down. That was how good he was at the game of football. They are not going to believe me because the descriptions that I'm going to use are so incredible and so outlandish and so godlike that they will think that's just grandpa being crazy. He's still living in the 2020s and we're really worried about him. We might need to put him in a home. But in that home, I'm going to have you guys there and all we're going to do is talk about Kari Blasting game. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about the king who when it matters most he announces his arrival with his scepter and his iron fist, and he rules the people of the NFL. He rules with dignity. He rules Respect. with with grace, integrity, integrity, character, and domination. And while and they may voice. not, he is a benevolent king. Okay, he he doesn't demand the ball at all times. He doesn't demand the attention. He is he is humble. He is grace graceful, and but when the, when it matters. He exercises his dominance and his reign over his subjects, and his subjects on Monday night were the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Derek, let me just, I'm going to read you all a few stats. And these are some, like, a couple of these things have literally not been done since, the like, 05, 06. Just listen to this. First to do 100 yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games since 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson. Since 2006. One of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, not even, not even, you you would probably think since, like in between LT and Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, Peterson, you would think Adrian Peterson would be one to do that. Nope, didn't. Um, This is his third three touchdown game with uh, rushing, um, or no, third three touchdown rushing TDs this season. This season. season. Nobody else has one. First, first player with 10 rushing touchdowns in the first six games since 2005. And I would guess that's since LaDainian Tomlinson again. Like, he is go- he's going off. But he there's is- some other stats. It feels like every single week there's a list where it's like, Derrick Henry, first player to do blah, 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 since Jim Brown in yeah. 1968. And I mean- he is on a list with O.J. Simpson and Sean Alexander is the only three players in NFL history to do this, this, and this. And it's like every week there's a new graphic of him doing some incredible stat like that. I mean, and he is, I, I mean, he, he, that, that play, that 76 yard touchdown completely flipped the game. And honestly, as Titans fans, it's, it's refreshing to see, but it's also frustrating that people in the media are now starting to kind of be like, wait, he might actually be a good MVP candidate. And we're like, thank you. We've been trying to freaking tell you that this whole time. Like Rich Eisen had a whole long segment yeah. about him saying he should be like an MVP candidate. And what was huge about Monday night was that was national stage. Like right. there were times, I think uh, I'm going to credit Finnerty to this, my good friend. I've mentioned him before, but last year it basically was coming down to Derrick Henry and Aaron Rodgers for MVP. 2,000 yard season for Derrick Henry. We played primetime against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers showed out. Derrick Henry was, I think he only had like 
80 no, yards. No, I think it was less than that. It might have been like 50 yards. Yeah. So, and he didn't show out, and that kind of that, that sealed it for Aaron Rodgers. A game like Monday night, massive. And I mean, this is well, huge. And I know, Pettit, you want to jump in here in a second, but let me go real. The, the, this is huge because he usually doesn't start doing this until the second half of the season. Very true. So, he's either going to explode because every other normal human being would not be able to carry this workload and do what he's doing, or he is. The more like the more likely scenario is that he's just built differently than he's not he's not fully human and he has some alien in him and he is built and he's able to do this and he's able to carry the ball thirty times a game. He's on pace to break the carries record that Larry Johnson set. I think it was like four hundred and eighteen carries is the is the carries record for an NFL season. He's on pace to break the NFL rushing record for a season, which is held by Eric Dickerson, I believe. And it's like two thousand one hundred and nineteen or something, um, and he's also on pace to break Chris Johnson's all-purpose yardage from scrimmage record in the first six weeks. And he he is notorious for being a much better football player in the second half of the season. So, like, what what in the world are we about to see from this guy? <laughs> it, go for it. It's so true. Uh, I think one of the most incredible things, though, is like. The 76-yard touchdown was insane, and he just got shot out of a cannon. And the oh thing is, gosh, he, ran, acceleration? he also ran into a defender, and the defender was just like, I can't even get my I, – I, 21.8 miles do. an hour. Yeah, yeah, he was flying. But also what's so Faster special – Faster than Henry Ruggs last week <laughs> on a on a full-out sprint, uh, like 70-yard touchdown run. Henry Ruggs, this one is supposed to be the, one of the fastest guys in the NFL from yeah. Alabama – Derek Carr threw a beautiful bomb. Derek Henry Ruggs full speed catches it, and Derek Henry's speed faster was faster than that. I mean, he left those safeties and cornerbacks in the dust. I've never seen him move that fast. But <laughs> what was even more spectacular is like, I think it was second and two on like the nine yard line, and every I mean everybody knows it's a Derek Henry run, and not only does he just not get the first down. He scores a touchdown. Yeah, he, and he then came out of the, the pile other touchdown like he had was player. also one where it's just like, oh, any other running back, like while you're watching, right, any other running back goes down right here, and he slips out, and I don't even know if he fell down when he got in the end zone. Yeah, like you're just like, I don't. There are plays where it's just like any other running back falls down. It's I think you even said it during the game, JG, where it's like any other running back that's a three yard loss, and he's getting four yards. Yeah, it's just like there's Credit, plays where you're just, Will Barnett. It was Will Barnett, yeah. but there was just so many plays where it was like. Any other running back, you can even watching it live. Like sometimes you don't appreciate it, but watching it live, you're like, no other running back well, can get six, seven yards, ten yards, and or get a touchdown. Like it was just like, sheesh, Petter, he's doing it that, all. Remember that play we saw? I think it was like a first and ten or like a second and nine, and he was kind of in the pile, and there he he it looked like he almost broke it. Yeah, and we all in the room were like, the scary thing is. We for a second thought he was about to break that, and there was like three people yeah. that touched yeah. him, and it was like he's I mean, almost gone. It is, and it's so refreshing too. Like you look, I mean, okay, look at how important the run game is, and how valuable Derrick Henry is for us. You look at the Bills, like they were cycling in and out, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, and they had fine games, you know, whatever. But when it came down to, you know, who was going to take over, they had to rely on Josh Allen, and couldn't always do it. I mean, our right. pass rushers playing well to where we kind of would give them fits and stuff like that. And you look like red zone trips in terms of touchdowns, Bills were two for five. They had two two touchdowns out of five. They did have field goals as well, but we were three for three. 
three red zone trips, right. three touchdowns. That is a massive point, like massive thing of the game. And Sean McDermott, their coach, said that as one of the things right after the game when he was being interviewed. I think Josh Allen mentioned it too. Like when you got someone like Derrick Henry, I mean, and we find we used we brought back the the read option and yep. we scored on that. And that is even a little bit. I mean, Tannehill always does great with that. But that's even a little bit of Derrick Henry. Totally, like, totally, totally. They crashed down and thought they had to tackle Derrick Henry. He just and and everyone who's saying, oh well, take away the seventy six yard touchdown and he only had sixty seven yards, you know, whatever. And so Bills did pretty well against. You can't okay, do that. <laughs> let's take away the Josh Allen wide open touchdown of Cole Beasley. Anyway, I guess we did fine against him. Like, give me Jason McIntyre. It's a terrible take. Awful take. Just miss me with that is what I'm trying to say. Also, it wasn't just like a random run. Like it was all talent. Dude, yeah. Like, yeah. And credit to Westbrook Akina. On the totally block. pancake block, great and block. Bills fans are all over social media complaining about holding. Like you could call holding on every play. All right, if you've got a complaint about a fifty-fifty call not getting called, and that's why you lost the game, then you're 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 looking at the wrong things. You yeah. should have looked at other things. I mean, um, that was that was awesome. Anything else on Derek? I feel like I we, think I feel like uh, in the near future we should all get gold coats and start wearing a Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> Coats for Derrick Henry. I just I like that idea. <laughs> I he's my he's probably my favorite athlete since Kobe Bryant. Since I was a Lakers fan as a little kid who just loved watching Kobe Bryant. I don't even really remember it that well because I was a little kid. For the record, uh, clearly for you all listening, you you don't see us right now. Robert is wearing a Derrick Henry jersey. I am over top of. I've been like, wearing it since. The game on Monday night. I know that's not that long ago, but every time I've left my house, I've had a Derrick Henry jersey have you, on. Have you slept in the Derrick Henry jersey? I did not sleep in okay. Derrick Henry jersey, but he has another game like that, and I'm not putting it past me. <laughs> I'm showering with that thing on. Um, but okay. he, can I just say this also real quick about why I love him so much is he 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 has gotten better every single year. His first two years, and even that year when we had Deion Lewis – he was. We were actually kind of worried about Derrick Henry and Deion, Deion Lewis was the starter for the first first six games. I think this was twenty eighteen, and like Eddie George, that conversation, right? Eddie George after the Chargers game in London, Eddie and Derrick Henry had a terrible game and he wasn't playing very well. He was kind of running away from contact. Eddie George, allegedly, the story goes, Eddie George, Derrick calls Eddie, and he says, "Hey man, like I need some advice." And Eddie was like, "Listen." I've been hearing things from the inside. You're about to be out of the league. Like, you have got to put your head down and start running over people and getting the tough yards, or you're going to be out of the league. And I'm not sure exactly how the conversation went word for word, but it was something like that. And then ever since that game, Derrick Henry has had just a mindset shift. The very next game was the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night football game where he goes 99 yards, has four touchdowns, 250 yards on the Jaguars, and it's just like – That game was awesome. He has just – and every year he's gotten better. He's he's developed, he's perfected the stiff arm. He's perfected getting now, people off of his And then this year you're legs. seeing him being involved in the passing game. Like those those swing passes. Too, yes. Oh, you get dude. him in the open field. He's got like – he's got a few blockers ahead of him. He's got at least six yards of nothing and gets go- – I mean, that's like – Almost a first down every single play. And this is when running backs are supposed to start deteriorating. 
Like yeah. their 26, 27-year-old season, especially after a 2,000-yard season, you, we've never seen a back-to-back 2,000-yard season in the NFL, 2,000 yards rushing. This is when most running backs, most humans, start to deteriorate. And that's why I'm convinced he has some alien blood in him. Yeah. So, all right, Derrick Henry, we've gone on and on, and he deserves it. He's straight up. I mean, he deserves it. We're going to go – we're going to move along. Is he the, he's, the best, he's the best Titan of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, probably. I mean, if he definitely keeps this, this up, pace, yeah. I mean, if you count the Oilers, but if he never played another snap for us, would we call him the best, the best Titan of all time in our era? Definitely, Pro- probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, best Tennessee still- Titan since we moved to Nashville. Not, not count the Oilers because I, I think would, I'm just I'm scared to say like yes right away and without putting not think about how it. like important Stephen Air was and I mean he was better he was better than Eddie George for sure, but. um Okay, so a little bit on a down note, though. That game, we had so many injuries. Oh, my goodness. We had, I mean, over the weekend, we put Christian Fulton on IR, so he's out for three games, two more games at least. Uh, Caleb Farley, dead gummit, went down. He tore his ACL. It's his other ACL, and I just, I hate it for him because he was just starting to get some playing time, get, you know, start to really get back in the rhythm of football and just please get healthy and we need you <laughs> another first rounder we're not going to have for the rest of the year um Taylor Lewan that was scary he went out on a stretcher ended up looking like I think it was just kind of precaution like you know the normal thing they have to do and take you out on a stretcher um <laughs> concussion it was <laughs> well, not I know but like in those kind yeah, of plays so it looked, no, I, know. I think what you're trying to say is it looked a lot worse than it actually than is. it's turned out to be yes that's what I meant like they they have made to it sounds like oh he just casually is on his stretcher. <laughs> no sorry they they have just got to, his face mask cut off just when the usual <laughs> when it's something like that like they have to do yeah. that and well he was always knocked looks out. like it's really bad but it wasn't as bad as it looked he yeah. was knocked out cold for about two minutes so yeah you know and then chris jackson was going in and out of the game and when chris jackson went out breon borders came in so i mean we were extremely thin at corner um so Which, the injuries are cam Bat- bats and tours acl as well yeah cam bats and tours acl julio left the game with a hamstring which do we know okay i don't know i'm starting to wonder if they're about they're just going to pull julio every fourth quarter <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, like maybe julio has a snap count and they're like, once he hits this snap count, we are pulling him. Because Maybe. the playoffs are more important, and we're only going to play him for the big games early in the season. I don't know. That's kind of my theory here. I don't, like, the is, is Julio doesn't seem concerned about it at all. Yeah. Like, every time but he they showed, which he is a little smug when he's talking, but he's always like, I'm 100%. Fine. Well, that's what and I'm thinking. Like, I'm wondering if maybe because of the NFL injury rules, they can't just sit him, like, yeah, so they're saying hamstring. So they're going to say hamstring. So they when can, it could be that it is tightness, like the hamstring. It, could yeah, be but tight. he did. We were we saw videos of him bit. fighting. We saw videos of him fighting with the wide receivers coach or yeah, arguing was, the wide receivers coach, saying he wanted to stay. He was kind of wanting to go back in. So I'm wondering if they're like, all right, Julio, you're done. Say hamstring injury, so we can get him on the injury report. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and we can sit him because that way you can make him inactive if you don't want to play him against the Texans. Right. It's, I mean, it definitely is something. I think there's something there, um, whether it actually is hamstring or not. But I, I think I kind of am thinking it's that same thing. And but it's literally, le- it's one of the first times I've ever seen load management in the NFL. Oh, I know. 
Well, and that's what we were concerned about, like Julio and injuries. I mean, he's, he's old. So I'm definitely um, pretty scared to see the injury report list of guys that we didn't even know got injured during the game. Oh, that's true. Today. Yeah. But speaking of guys that, I don't know if we're going into this, but um, guys that were injured that came back, Amani Hooker. Crushed it. He crushed it. He came back. He was back. in the PFF 90 over 90 club. He yeah. was 91.9 graded that game. He Only Titan. Basically was came back off IR and played a fantastic game. He, and he was noticeably great. He was notice. I mean, yeah. the guys that you I like you you almost noticed everyone on the on the defensive line. And oh yeah, then, they all played and so then well. best you, pass dude, rush the Titans have had in a decade. I noticed David Long so much that game so like, fast Amani Hooker so David fast. Long and the whole D-line is who you notice almost every play I mean like that was awesome can Imani I just say Hooker, this Amani Hooker made a huge difference huge and I think too some that we may not see like just on the TV is I think the communication helped as well I think Amani Hooker's big for the communication when you have someone like Bayard who clearly is going to know what he's doing and then Hooker as well they can trust like, each that other was, that was awesome. That was awesome. And yeah. yeah, Pettit's saying, you know, back from injury, he was on the IR the last few weeks and had missed the last three games. And two, during the week, they said, you know, he's on designated to return from IR. We didn't even know if that many was actually going to play or not. Huh. So it's huge that he really did play and he made a world of difference. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to watch Romani Hooker do is he gets his fist and he punches the ball out like four or five times, even when it's. Like, the guy's got two hands on it. And I saw at least twice. It happened. I think this is how Dawson Knox broke his hand, <laughs> holding the ball. And he had that jet sweep that they ended up calling a penalty oh, yeah. on uh, Emmanuel Sanders holding Caleb Farley. And – or maybe it wasn't that play, but it was some play where Dawson Knox has the football and Nomani Hooker starts punching at it. And then you see Dawson Knox, like, shake his oh. hand out, and he's, like, looking down at it. And then the same thing happened to Stephon Diggs in, like, the fourth quarter. He catches a little yeah. hitch route, and as they're going out of bounds, Amani Hooker is trying to punch the ball. And I love that because – Ball hawk. <laughs> like, an, it sucks to get your hand punched like an, that when you're holding the ball. Iowa ball hawk guy. Yeah. What? What? He went to Iowa, oh, so he's gosh. a ball hawk. Iowa ball but hawk then guy. Stephon really Diggs bad. missed two plays because he his finger was bothering him so bad because Amani Hooker was punching it, and that, that kind of stuff. It like, almost would have saved us that uh, two point conversion. Yeah, Dawson Knox apparently, at least the commentator said, "Don't run this play in my hand." He's like, "I can't." Throw yeah, I the can't ball. do it. And if Rashawn Evans just keeps running, I saw he literally stopped, and then he runs into Kevin Byard, and then it was wide open. JG is still dying laughing at his own joke over here. and yeah, just Neither of us are laughing. It was not that funny of a joke, and he can't get it together. Hey, what do you expect? <laughs> you expect me to not laugh at my own joke? I, I don't know. The thing is, I knew y'all were going to hate that, too. And and you listeners, I, I just know had you had higher standards it. for you. Listeners, I know you loved that, so... Do you, just let me you know. want to repeat Tweet. it so they all know what we what you said? Yeah, no, we, we're no, we don't want them to repeat it. <laughs> I kind of already repeated it, but Amani Hooker is is incredible. He's an Iowa I did, ball I just didn't guy. expect him to make that big of a difference. I really didn't. Yeah, I, I going think into the season, I, I mean, I just assumed he was going to be one of the weaker guys on the team. When you also, yeah. I think it's one of those things too, where he's coming back from injury. You're wondering, okay, how like how much is he actually going to be able to play? He looked great. And, okay, cool. Uh, another cool thing I noticed, and I, Robert, I think you mentioned this as well. It looked like some plays Dane Crookshank was playing, like, linebacker, like yeah, coverage. He was, yeah, cover, he, he was shifting around the like entire Like a cover field. linebacker type, Even which like I thought nickel. was pretty cool. Yeah. I, it was after 
Chris Jackson went hurt, got down. With, uh, sorry, Chris Jackson went down. Caleb Farley went down, and it looked like Vrabel. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but on the broadcast, it looks like Vrabel was like teaching Dane Crookshank a new position. He was like, "All right, when we call this play, you're just gonna go here. These are your rules. This is what you're gonna do." And I was like, "I literally think he's doing that because we don't have anybody else." And he's like. All right, Dane, come here. Your yeah. fourth string. Let me teach you what to do here. And that's what makes the whole Titans Bills game that much more impressive. Totally. The number one offense and the number one defense. And basically, Derrick Henry explodes against a team that hasn't even allowed a rushing touchdown. And he scores three of them all season long. And they haven't allowed a single rushing touch, or touchdown. And then the most explosive offense in the Bills basically, we beat him with. Without a, corner, without a corner, without a cornerback, I mean, like, like we're pulling safeties and linebackers yes. that might have to play. And they're one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. Yeah, they're they only Matt, Matt Milano was like one of their biggest injuries, and he was back for the game. yeah. He was back for the game, and now their only starter who's hurt is now Dawson Knox. Yeah, and we've had I mean, multiple. They had zero multiple. excuse for not beating us. Right. I felt like we were kind of letting them. It was almost like we would let them drive down, give them 15, 20 yard out routes where, hey, you're not going to be as steep, but we'll give you that first down, whatever. And then we get into the red zone, and we, you know. That's what I was talking about. We clamp down, and we, I, and we lock it down. I think that was kind of like a – I think that's kind of a defensive strategy now with, like, guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen, where it's just like – Ben, but we, don't break. We can't stop these 25-yard plays. It's either, it's either we stop those, and then we potentially give up a 65-yard touchdown over the top, yeah, or we allow those to happen, and we kind of bank on our D line, potentially just getting to the quarterback, which yeah. is kind of what we were doing. Yeah, that, that's the only way you're. St- yeah, that's the only way you're stopping. We so, saw the Bucks do. Yeah, it I mean, if you don't allow the deep pass, and then you occasionally allow those twenty yard passes, but if your D line is getting to the quarterback, the, that strategy seems to work. Yeah. yeah, but I also think when we get Christian Fulton back and we get Jayon Brown back, because Jayon's a huge upgrade over Rashawn Evans in the passing. Game, yeah, and, and obviously, Avery Williamson. We might see Avery Williamson. Yeah, but he's, I'm not saying he's a running guy. He's yeah. not. We're not putting him on passing. I know. Downs. I'm just saying he's a guy that he's going to come in and at least be at like help with just depth on defense. Yeah, I'm know. hoping he can maybe uh, take over as like the first and second down running linebacker. Take over for Rashawn. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, when we get Jayon and Christian Fulton back, maybe our strategy is more. You know let's try and actually stop those 12 to 15 yard out routes. Cause I don't think that's a great long-term strategy, but with all the injuries we had, that's, and with getting Bud Dupree back, still not a hundred percent healthy. Like I think that's probably, I mean the, the defensive game plan was phenomenal. And let me say this, Shane Bowen has gotten a lot of crap over the last six games. He called a wonderful game. That was awesome. The was creative, creative. He had some inverted cover two that I loved his, uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins had a busted coverage, and people on Twitter were trying to blame Shane Bowen. Why would you call that inverted cover two? It was the perfect defensive play call for the Bills' offensive scheme there. And Josh Allen was really confused. He had to roll out of the pocket. And the only reason it didn't work is because Jack Rabbit stayed with the number one receiver crossing yeah, he, he over the middle. He should have trusted the other deep well, guy. Well, yeah, David Long's job is the middle linebacker, and almost like a, it was almost like an inverted Tampa two, which is where the middle linebacker drops to carry anybody going vertical in the middle of the field. And the corners, their job is to back up and become the cover two safeties. And he, so Jack Rabbit has he's got to carry the number one guy through his zone and then turn around and see Cole Beasley leaking out behind Elijah Molden on the on the sideline. And he didn't do it. And so it was a mental bust by Jackrabbit. 
But, but it, wasn't Shane but it wasn't fault. Shane Bowen's fault. It was a great play call. If Jackrabbit just wheels around and gets Cole Beasley, then we get a sack and we get off that off on third and thirteen. So yeah. I didn't. I didn't like the Shane Bowen criticism, and I thought Todd uh, Downing called a wonderful game. Yeah, the whole. I feel like the whole game. I was not. I, I really wasn't being. I was a little frustrated in the first the quarter, calling. and it wasn't play calling. Yeah. Before we move on to the offense, real quick, I want to shout out Kevin Byard. Big interception. Uh, Harold Landry is balling out. We need to pay him. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, incredible. The game. defensive line had twenty six pressures. Unreal. Dude, I think Danico Autry actually led yes, that charge. And I was I was leaving Danico Autry last because he is killing. He's probably. I mean, is he our best free agent acquisition so far? Yeah, right now? Th- this year he's he's been just so reliable. Yeah, and just I mean so, he caused so the interception. He just beat his man. Yep. and caused the interception. He's just Incredible. consistent. He's consistent. And we we haven't even like Landry has been doing this. We talked about like what Bud Dupree could have as an impact on this team for maybe Harold Landry. Harold Landry's been doing this with Bud Dupree still coming back from injury. Yeah. And, and Bud, Bud Dupree also, I think, had three or four pressures during the game too. So He, he had a few plays. Was he was irrelevant. looking. Yeah. Like he looked he better. Close. He was still on a snap count. I think we'll see his play. I think we're going to start to see some really impressive pass rushes from him over the next month. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I still think on some of those, he's not sure he's still not so. 100% totally Agreed. yet. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the offense. Um First, I want to start with the offensive line. When Taylor Lewan went down and Kendall Lamb trotted out there at left tackle, I was very worried. Yeah. Very and then worried. he made that block and helped Tanner in the end zone. He had a great game. Yeah. We gave up zero sacks first time all year. Um, like, it, Tannehill looked like he had a clean pocket. I mean, a line. And when, we, when he didn't, it seemed like the play call allowed it to adjust, I guess, yeah. a little bit. I, it was it was great offensive line very impressed. Apparently, Nate, I didn't really notice as much, but Nate Davis apparently had a pretty poor game. In oh, the, really? In the passing attack, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, I. It did seem like there were times when pressure was getting to Tannehill, but Tannehill was getting rid of it fast enough. But yeah, apparently Nate Davis didn't play super great. Well, that defensive line was one of the top defensive lines in the NFL at getting sacks, if not the number one D line in the NFL in terms of how many sacks they had had. And, and they we had were the been, worst. Greg Rousseau, their rookie, had been killing it. Yeah. they. It was an interesting move that the Bills did before the game. A.J. Espineza, Boogie Basham, and uh, Vernon Butler are three of their defensive linemen that are typically in the rotation, and they're really good pass rushers. All three of them were inactive for this game, not because of injury, but because they were so worried about the run game that they made two of their bigger defensive tackles active who are much better at stopping the run. So that's even more of a nod to how Derrick Henry, just being Derrick Henry, he changes the players that the Bills or that defense has put out there because they're more worried about stopping the run than they are getting pressure on Tannehill. So maybe that helps Kendall Lamb because he's not going against such high-profile pass rushers because they're not active. So just kind of an interesting chess match to look at those things before the game. Yeah. Um, and then very refreshing for Titans fans and I'm sure fantasy managers out there, A.J. Brown. Uh, Tannehill and A.J. Brown were back to kind of connecting. Uh, that fourth and two that we went to him there, great play call with bunch set. There's an awesome video with Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark uh, circulating on Twitter. They did it on ESPN. It was like a they, – they kind of described two plays that were massive for the Titans coming back. One was the fourth down, fourth and two to A.J. Brown. The other one was like a third and six. The uh, 
across the middle. Across the middle to Westbrook Aquina that he got the first down. It's yeah, a really cool video. Westbrook Aquina played his best game as a Titan probably. I mean that that little Blocking that drive he had three he had two key, catches or three catches. Yeah, we had he had those three catches on that drive that were But he blocked awesome. he blocked very well too. Yeah. So that was awesome. I want to get to Tannehill. So Tannehill the first quarter and some of the second quarter just he looked off still. That interception to Julio, he just that was a it was almost like he decided to throw it to Julio the whole way since the huddle. And it wasn't a great throw. Like, we were worried. I will say, I, I, we all were like, what's wrong with Tannehill? Robert was getting pretty angry with Tannehill. <laughs> and then uh, and then he turned around. And that the Tannehill that we saw in the second half, that's the kind of Tannehill. That, and he would run here and there. The, QB, yep. the, the read option, I just, it was refreshing to see the second half. From Tannehill. I agree. And he started to throw the ball to A.J. Brown, which <laughs> I think is the key. If you throw the ball to A.J. Brown, good things happen. Even when A.J. Brown has food poisoning, good, thing, good things happen. <laughs> um, but I, I think our whole offense started to really pick up after Derrick Henry's 76-yard touchdown run. And I got a little stat for you here. Since one, five minutes and 15 seconds ago in the first quarter, the Titans did not punt the rest of the game. So the offense really started to pick up and get rolling right around the time Derrick Henry had that huge run, and you started to see the Bills, they were playing their linebackers like a yard away from the line of scrimmage, just already trying to just stop Derrick before he gets going because that's the only way you can stop Derrick. You've got to stop him behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, and that takes eight guys. You've got to commit all eight guys into the box, and it opens up passing lanes for our receivers and for Tannehill. And so that's a beautiful thing. When our offense is running that way, we're one of the best offenses in the NFL. That is the offense that I thought we were going to see week one. And it's taken some time. We've had to, you know, Todd Downing is new in there. We've, he's, he's got to figure some things out. We've been missing blocks. Tannehill hasn't been on his game. We've been fumbling the ball, throwing interceptions. But if we can build on this, and the Chiefs have a terrible defense, so I feel really good about our chances to build on this next week, then then we can really start seeing the the – the offense takes shape that we thought we would get we were going to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the it seems like Tannehill's at his best which you saw in the second half is those quick slants to AJ. Like that's when he's just like I can get two or three catches or passes in a row to AJ completed. They might not even be first downs but boom, I'm I'm rolling. And then and then it opens up that longer pass in the middle to AJ and it's just like it seems like keep getting the ball to AJ again. Yeah. I'm still hoping to see more just deep balls like winner like let's start incorporating that into our offense too where you line up and you've got Julio and AJ on each side everybody else is on the line of scrimmage you play fake it to Derek and the defense they have to just put man to man on the outside and then you have a safety over the top all Tannehill has to do is look to one side have the safety run to that side and then just throw it up to either AJ or Julio either side like where is that in our offense I will I say there were, there were a couple there, I, there's one in particular I'm thinking about where we were looking for AJ on a deep shot. Tannehill was gonna was gonna go for it, and the safety made a great play. Like did not bite in the play action, uh, did not bite in the run. Played. I mean, the Bills are they really do have a really good defense. The fact that we were doing that and not punting for the rest of the game after five minutes to go in the first quarter, like that is huge. Yeah, if we can do that against the, the Bills, we can do that against anybody in the 100%. NFL. Hundred percent. And I think as we as we wrap this up. I think that's what I kind of want to end on is that this is the kind of game like w- when you lose to the Jets 
and you got me going on a rant and being pissed. It, 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 I know it's like, a, oh, there's classic Titans losing to a bad team. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's concern for the rest of the year. And then you play a game like this, and you look at the, the first game of a tough four-game stretch with, with Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. You look at that, you're 1-0 in that four-game stretch so far. Great start. If we go 2-2 two and two in that, if we go 3-1 and one in that four-game stretch, we are rolling. And we, are, we have Mike Clay put out, a based on his analytics of the whole uh, NFL, we have the third easiest remaining schedule. Third Love easiest. That. Love that. Huge. So th- I think this game is the type of game that it just makes me and I'm sure a lot, I'm sure y'all and a lot of Titans fans feel a lot better about the team. It's it's very exciting. And I don't know. And and Robert, I know you're you're happy. You avoided starting off 0-3 in your snake draft selections. You're we needed that. <laughs> you got you had the Bills and and then you lost the Jets and the Cardinals. Uh Pettit, you got the next game in the Chiefs. So bring it on. I think you're one and zero right now, or are you two and zero? You had the I had Jags. the Jags and the Colts. You so said you're two and zero. Okay, I'm one and I only have the Seahawks. I've I've got a lot later, but overall, it's just I, I'll let y'all kind of wrap up as well. But just this kind of game makes me feel a lot. I mean, that was a playoff game. Totally. That was a playoff type game, and I see that game. And I was telling uh, Pettit and Trap and Will Barnett in the room, we were watching it together. I said this game kind of feels like the Ravens regular season game last year where it we had no business being in it and then we were going to end up winning. Now, I felt like that in the first half. Second half, I straight up thought we deserved to win that game. And I look at that game and I'm like we can if we play like that we that is that kind of team can win a Super Bowl. Agreed. Uh, yeah, that that is I haven't had that much fun watching a Titans game and I was by myself folding laundry with my wife because we just got back from fall break and we were exhausted so I was by myself just screaming I scared her a couple times because I was screaming so loud and that was the most fun I have had watching a Titans game since that playoff run yeah just in terms of like I don't know what it was it was almost like a prove-it game to the rest of the, the country because we had that letdown against the Cardinals. We had that embarrassing loss against the Jets. And I just want to say, I think not having Julio and AJ against the Jets, I'm not making excuses, but I think maybe I am making excuses. That means a lot. And I just, that wasn't, and we didn't have Bud Dupree. That wasn't the We didn't Titans have Marcus team. Johnson either. We didn't have Marcus Johnson. like Who's probably our wide receiver three right now. Ferkshire was hurt. I just think not having those guys really mattered. And when we lose to the Jets, like that, there's a reason why. I don't think the team that we saw Monday night would like, definitely not There would be the a 40-point gap between us and the Jets. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm with you. I'm really excited for this game on Sunday. Um, I almost am kind of expecting to win because the, the Chiefs' defense is so bad. I think Derek might go for 250 and get to 1,000 <laughs> yards in seven games. Oh He's at 783 right now. So if he gets to what is that two seventeen, he's at a thousand yards. So Good night. and he's very capable of hitting two seventeen. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for the season. Yeah, I I think that Bills game was. I mean, we won on a basically a goal line stand, and even if we would have lost that game, I think I would have walked away saying that was a great game from the mm-hmm. Titans. And so I'm kind of have the same way against the Chiefs, where it's like if we have a close game and like work hard and like you notice some bright spots it's like 
I think the Titans can build on again build on that, and I think that just shows that they'll be ready for the playoffs and moving forward late in the season. Because I, I don't know. I mean, Derrick Henry again, but I think the Chiefs. I don't know if they can guard AJ and Julio. Oh no, they can't. Yeah, I, 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 and and think about this too. And Derrick Henry can just run out the clock. And I'm just like, I think yeah. what the weapons that we have is a team, especially with Derrick. It's just like. Even if your like offense is so good, they can't get the ball with a guy like Derrick Henry with and, enough time. And think about this too, with with the remaining schedule that we have and potentially winning our division and locking that up, we could not only have a like a home field advantage for the first round, we could have a home field advantage for multiple rounds. That'd be huge. Right. And with the crowd that we had at that Monday night game, surely we could have that kind of crowd again in a playoff oh game. Oh my god. Home playoff game. It can make a difference down the stretch. I'm just saying a lot of things from that Bills game are coming out and and like looking you can take some things from that Bills game and and be confident about a lot of things. A lot of things we can still work on, okay? But I just want to end with this thing. Derrick Henry they showed uh he's starting to become like a big time like he is becoming a lot more talking and stuff. He ended the speech with the team. I don't know if y'all seen this video. He says it doesn't matter. Give us a helmet, give us shoulder pads, and some mother effing cleats, and we'll line up and go for it. Like it is unreal. You gotta <laughs> see it. Yeah, I saw it. You it gotta awesome. see the video. It's incredible. Derrick Henry is just. I love you. <laughs> I'm in love with you. Sorry, I love you. It's maybe a little too far, but that was awesome. Bill's game is great. Hope you enjoyed my amazing joke in the middle of the. The episode. If you don't remember the amazing joke, then you know maybe rewind. Not, yeah, like rewind. and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Come back. Circle back. So uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, we thank y'all for listening. <laughs>